Hello friends, my name's Matt. And I'm Alex, and this is That Cuts Deep. Hello, hair friends. Hi. Hi, Alex. Oh my goodness. This is our first episode ever. It's about damn time. Shitting myself. I'm enjoying this glass of wine. Let's get into it, bitch. Let's talk about how you and I met each other and um, who we are, too. Like, okay, so basically, my name's Alex. I started in the hair industry about six years ago. And about six years ago is exactly when I met Matt. He's been one of my best friends since. Mind you, both of us were literally like 18 when we first met. We yeah. were children. Like babies. A whole lot of children. We, we had no idea <laughs> what we were doing in life. But um, Alex and I met because her and I went to the same college. And we met through our like orientation day. And we happened to be, to give a long story short, I tell my clients this all the time. So I feel like a broken record. But... Her and I met because we were, both of us were hairstylists in the orientation room. To give you perspective, nobody else there did hair. Yeah, like we just, we clicked because we both had to like talk about our career and what we did with our lives and we both did hair. Yeah, so I ended up asking Alex while we were there, I, I asked her where she worked and she ironically ended up working for the same, it was like a sister company yeah yeah sister salon of the company that i worked for so then i transferred her salon and our career just kind of blossomed from there yeah honestly like we've been working together for the whole career outside of what like a few months a few months like both of us have traveled to different salons throughout the time and spent like a couple months there but Pretty much any opportunity that's worked for me has worked for Alex and vice versa. We just stuck with each other throughout the hair industry because we're kind of a dynamic duo and Definitely we just work so. best together. I think anybody who's ever worked with us could like attest to the fact could that we're that. like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we bounce off of one another. Whether you like it or you hate it, bitch, we're a dynamic duo. So <laughs> No, actually. Yeah. So another thing that I wanted to get into was... Why we decided to start this podcast with each other. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, he and I get on these tangents all the time about things in the hair industry that we like or dislike, honestly, like different things. And we, in front of like groups of our friends, are like chit chatting about hair, and none of them are hairstylists. They're just like, oh, like we're not included in this conversation. Yeah, they're all just sitting around like bored, wondering what the fuck we're talking about. And I know for like definitely for myself, I just want to open the conversation and talk to more people about it because I I have spent hours talking to Matt, and I would love more like perspective on like from other people. I agree. Yeah, the the biggest reason why we we decided a long time ago that we were going to start this podcast. It took us a little while. I don't know why it took us this long, but the other day we were at work. Mind you guys, this was literally what, like two days, two, three days ago? Yeah, something like that. This was like two or three days ago that we were both just sitting at work. And we, so Alex and I, throughout our entire friendship, we've had multiple business ideas together. You could call us kind of entrepreneurs a little entrepreneurs exactly we come up with these business ideas without the follow-through though we don't always follow through yeah (laughs) that's the thing we have the ideas we just don't have the follow-through usually but this time alex i i gotta admit you jumped on it you were like we've been talking about a podcast for a while we need to just fucking do it yeah it's fun we 
would be sitting here talking about the same shit anyway, so we may as well. Yeah, we do might it. as well open the conversation. Yeah. Bring bring more people into the conversation because these are things that Alex and I talk about on a daily basis. However, I never really see people talking about this kind of stuff online or opening up, you know, a chat and a community where people can talk about this stuff openly. It's usually just conversations like me and Alex that are just sitting in a room, you know, hanging out with each other. Like, drinking wine. Drinking wine. Literally what we're doing right <laughs> now. <laughs> yes. So basically, long story short, I definitely want to talk to more people about the things that he and I talk about. And like everyone does tutorials. Everybody offers classes. People Everybody... talk about the latest techniques. Right. Like how to teach you how to do business with your clients. But nobody talks about how it feels to be a woman in an industry where, you know, like Alex and I, we work for the men's hair industry currently. Yeah. No and, one. Well, a woman, yes. But also like, obviously, Matt, I mean, you're not a woman. Yeah. Same struggle, same same thing not even struggles i guess that's not the right word but like same thing you're uh, you need help can i say that (laughs) (laughs) say what can i out you on our podcast i don't fucking care (laughs) they're gonna find out one way or another being a gay male um in the industry especially the men's industry um topics like that conversations like that that you don't really you don't come across often so we're gonna kind of open up the conversation and you guys can just come in listen in grab your tea your coffee your wine whatever time of day it is maybe you're getting ready to go in for your shift if you are i hope you have a great shift unless you hate where you work and in that case bitch you need to find another job (laughs) because we spent way too many years that's a whole nother conversation we'll save that for the for another episode yes okay well do you want to get into it yeah let's do it so (laughs) Um, I'm going to let you kind of, you can, you can preface this conversation. You can start this out how you want to. Yeah, definitely. I feel like you would really. Okay. So basically we want to talk about the stipulation of being perfect in an industry where you are perfecting people's, I don't want to say flaws, but their, their features. You are enhancing features. You're doing color, makeup, fading someone's hair, like whatever that may be for you as a cosmetologist, barber, esthetician, like whatever that may be for you in that moment, you have to be perfect. And for me, I've noticed that perfection isn't something that I can strive for and be okay because I pick, like, we work in front of mirrors all day. Yeah, so you're, like, like constantly looking (laughs) at yourself all day long. You are analyzing the way that you're reacting with your client. Everything... When it comes down to it, guys, like we're sitting in front of our clients in front of the mirror and we're constantly analyzing our entire environment, everything, because we're sitting with random people that we don't know every single day. And we don't know what these people think about us. No. And honestly, like, I guess like the self image of it, like analyzing yourself all day in a mirror, like you're staring straight at your features, at your hair, at your outfit and for me I've noticed like a difference in the amount of money I make like based on how I look that day not to mention it's easy to pick apart the way that you look too when you're standing in front of a mirror all day long you know I, I will stress over just like one piece of hair that's out of place um because you can constantly you know unfortunately our job does require us to be in front of that mirror all day long um 
Another thing that I feel like we face a lot, especially when it comes to people don't really look at you as a professional unless you, you know, dress well in the industry, right. which uh, don't get me wrong. Like our industry, we can get away with a lot. You know, I could probably have a tattoo on my face and nobody's going to say anything. Oh yeah. You oh, know, yeah. Like, like I could still be a hairstylist. It's absolutely accepted. Like be different, be yourself, be you. And I right. love that about this industry. But there's something about like, I've always been told by so many other people in the industry that you have to keep this kind of like polished look, especially by companies that I used to work for, right? Yeah. Like specifically, well, you know who I'm talking about. We yeah. won't, we won't listen to these guys. <laughs> We're not going to name drop. Um, but a specific company that I worked for in the past, like a big thing that they put out there was, oh, well, you know, we want you to dress in all black because it allows the client to be a canvas, right? And when I start seeing myself in all black every day, do you know what that did to my mental health for so long? Probably like, sad as hell. Yeah, like, of course it did. <laughs> so I, I left that company before they made us change into wearing all black. I never worked there when they did oh, that. Oh, it was yeah. probably a good thing you did, bitch, because let I me tell you. I haven't owned that many black clothes. Like. <laughs> my entire, I wore the same thing every day, which back then, it was 2016, so I was wearing them little black joggers. Oh. With like, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. But yeah, so it's just certain things like that within the hair industry that don't, there's a lot of companies out there that don't really allow you to be yourself or, you know, kind of express yourself or be your own stylist. A lot of companies want to make a copy of one person for the entire company. Like right. They just want everyone to look the exact same. And in an industry that's so like expressive, like, I think that that takes the individuality out of being a stylist. Absolutely. I totally agree. It's something that I no longer have to face anymore. But thankful I, for that. Yeah, thankful. But there are still stylists out there who do work for companies like that. So I guess here's a question that I have for you. Like with these stylists that are still working for companies like that, where they can't control what they wear, where they can't really express themselves, what would you tell to those people like what would you what's the kind of advice that you would give out to those people having come from something like that okay so honestly for me i one wouldn't work somewhere that controlled what i do because as a hairstylist that's you're like oh like self-employed a lot of the times like it's your it's your own business Mm -hmm. and if you look like a copy of everyone next to you which i have i've worked for companies that where i had to wear a uniform like Mm -hmm. If you look like everyone else, you're never going to grow your business. Like, they're just going to come into that one place and walk in, and they don't have a stylist. And that's not the way you make money. That's not the way you build your business, the way you can make six figures. Like, if you don't make an impact on somebody. So, one, I don't want to say, like, just quit your job. (laughs) If (laughs) If you work somewhere that has a uniform. But I do think that you need to learn how to, like, and I need your help here, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> so essentially, I think what Alex is trying to say is learn how you can create the environment around you. Although, like, there is a sense of control with what the company allows and what the company wants you to be. You have to be different. You be, have yeah, to, try like, to stand out. find your own individuality, whether that be, like, how you present yourself to your clients or the way you do your hair. If you're the stylist that comes in every single day, like... This doesn't apply to Matt because you don't wear makeup. Right. But 
if you always do your makeup, like, don't get me wrong. If I sit here and told you that I do my makeup for work every single day, I would be lying to you because mm-hmm. I do not wear makeup every day. Yeah, I can but, attest to that. <laughs> <laughs> but I do usually try to wear makeup and at least look nice. If I don't wear makeup, I dress up. You know, mm-hmm. that's something that I can do because I, I am a 1099 stylist. I work for myself. But if you can't, then you got to find a way to stand out. you got to have a niche. Yeah. You need to... In addition to knowing how to do hair, you also, unfortunately, as a hairstylist, you also have to know how to market yourself. You have to be able to put yourself out there. And that's why I feel like you need to stand out from other people is because there's a lot of stylists in this industry. And if this is you, I mean, if the shoe fits, girl, that ain't nothing but a thing. I'm just putting it out there. There's a lot of stylists out there who honestly kind of shape, you know, the reason why you have all these people out here, these peers and stuff like that, who tell you like, Oh, you're never going to make money in this industry. You're never going to do this. You're never going to do that. Well, what else do they think when they walk into a chain hair salon, like what we used to work on and they see all these stylists sitting on their ass telling them that they can't take appointments. Right. They're too busy. Like, oh my gosh. Yes. That is so, so huge. So one, I would never work for hourly again, but I can't say that I never have. Yeah. I just, I think that that's such a rip off. You're cutting, you're not making the money that you're earning no. at that point. Like you could be making so much more money, but <laughs> off of that topic, like if you are in an hourly salon, you're not driven to take every single client because at the end of the day, like you make your money regardless. It doesn't matter if you are the person at the front of the room, like everyone knows that a salon has a back room that we can all hang out in. But if you're up there at the reception desk and you're sitting there and you're ready to take the next person and you say, hey, how are you? Nine times out of ten, that client is going to remember you. They're going to like you. They like – and another thing too, like along with that is whenever – I've noticed just like personal research in my own salon – when someone walks in and you don't acknowledge them, they can have a frown on their face. They're not going to be happy. They're – they, they just feel unwelcome. And then the second you say, hey, how are you? Like, how's your day? Or welcome in. Whatever your greeting may be. Like, their shoulders relax. They're like, they don't frown anymore. They're, they're just chill. They feel good. They want to be there. And they also recognize that you were the person that spoke to them. They're going to want to come to you. Right. When you take your time, like, out of your day to stand apart from all the other stylists that you work with. Although those stylists might think that you're just like a goody two shoes ass bitch or they can think what they want about you, but it's going to bring you success later on down the road. Every single time when I tell you that I've gotten over the years, like I can't say that I haven't been blessed with promotions or things that allow me to advance in my career faster than some of my peers who have been doing hair as long as me. But I will say that I am the person that stays after work and calls the people I need to call and says, hey, what do I need to improve on? Like, nobody else is doing those things other Um, than Matt, yourself. Right. Right. And that's the thing, too, that I think I really wanted to stress was that a very huge pressure in the beauty industry is that dynamic of being that stylist who's very perfect and prompt and on time and handles things with their clients great and like it's not although it is being perfect is not a standard to try to hold yourself to 
I don't know. I, I almost feel like it's a double-edged sword because sometimes it does help you out in a sense, you know, it's helped me out a lot in my career journey, being that kind of like pristine version of myself. Also, it's though, helped me, me get a lot of places, but mentally, let me interrupt you for a second though, because I have to say that Matt, you better than anybody that I know humanizes yourself with your clients. You let yeah. them in on your life. That's something that I don't do, but yeah. I noticed that you have a better connection with a lot of clients than I do. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I feel like I could pick up from you, but I just, I'm not there yet. I haven't done that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like honestly, the biggest thing in the way that I try to communicate with my clients now versus when I was younger, because I'm going to be honest with you. I don't really feel the pressures of the beauty industry much anymore now as like a seasoned stylist. I've been in the industry. I, I have total experience almost seven years so I, I don't really feel a whole lot of the pressures now because my head career-wise is just somewhere else but that's fair but think back on the like before when you I mean I know for me like so many stylists make the joke you don't learn shit in hair school mm-hmm. um so what I did to educate myself was I followed all of the top hair influencers I followed the people, the top people in the, like, the hair community, the, like, makeup artists, hairstylists, the girls out in L.A. who are promoting their, like, their business, and, like, I'm looking at them, and I'm looking at their work and watching what they're doing, and one thing that I noticed myself is that the most successful stylists that I could find that were influencers were also, like, picture perfect beautiful always in all of their posts like and that's not something that you can ignore you have to notice like okay like you have to look like that to make that kind of money or to get that type of clientele the representation of successful stylists on social media i feel like is just catered to this like specific look like, there's just this specific look that yeah, every successful Yeah, it's beautiful. It is. It's because it is. we work in the beauty industry. Yeah. And, like, that's not something that we can ignore. Like, yes, we work in the beauty industry, so, of course, we need to look beautiful. Like, right. we're promoting beauty. We're promoting beauty products. We're, prom- like, promoting the latest hair trends. Like, whatever that may be. It's toxic because and it's, like, although that looks great on social media... It's like, I know what that life is actually like behind the chair. You know, like, I know it's really not that great. (laughs) I know you're really not having that much fun. Like, don't get me wrong. I love love being a hairstylist, but like, it's not perceived what it really is. And, you know, a, a lot of that is you scheduling yourself break times so that you can sit down and take a break and eat your food. But nine times out of 10, your clients run past that. They run into that. So then... You end up just not eating, but then you don't pay any attention to that because you're so busy all day until you get home. And then by the time you get home, it's eight, nine o'clock at night. You've worked all day. All you want to do is go to bed. So you go to sleep without eating and you don't think about it. And then you wake up the next morning and skip breakfast because you're on your way to work. And then before you know it, you're losing like, you know, five, 10 pounds, but it doesn't really matter to you because at least you're beautiful, you know, like. Right. And that's like a conversation. Honestly, I think that that's a good conversation we could save for like an entire episode because I could really get into that specific like conversation but specifically like talking on like self-image and body image I definitely see what like I get what you mean like Mm -hmm. all the time like I'm looking at like 
influencers and those successful and even the ones successful within like the job that I work now like all of the people who have gotten success in our company are beautiful and beautiful people inside and out in my experience like but just like absolutely breathtaking and that's not something that can be ignored and like it makes me think like oh my god like maybe I should be wearing this maybe I should be like doing my makeup every single day maybe I should curl my hair every single day like if you know me, you know I'm, like, so low maintenance. Like, I hardly ever style my hair. I don't – I dress pretty girly for the most part, but I – I don't know. Like, I'm very low maintenance. Like, yeah. But I also see the people who are successful, and they are not. And I'm like, well, I'm doing it wrong. Like, I need to change myself to fit into this mold of what yeah. I should be. And I think that that – a lot of people experience that. In that's this industry. tricky about the that's what's tricky about the pressures in the beauty industry is that it's important to be unique and and stay yourself but it's also very hard not to fall into what everyone else is doing because they've had success off of doing it right exactly and i mean in addition to that like i feel maybe i don't I don't know. I'm, I feel like I've been talking a lot about myself, but like, I, how about you? Like, how do you feel in terms of like having to look nice every single day? Because I feel like um, I've seen you go through so many. That's an interesting question because you know what? There's really not a whole lot, or at least from what I personally experienced, there's not a whole lot of representation of male hairstylists in social media. You know, obviously there's like the famous, the very, yeah. very famous ones. But there's, when you see, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, guys. Well, I got really close to the mic there for a second. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, guys. But when you see a hairstylist on TikTok or on Instagram Reels, you know, anything that you're you're watching, nine times out of ten, that's it's a woman doing someone's hair. Or it's a woman yeah, working. Yeah, There's Especially not on a TikTok, lot of male I representation in the hair industry. I don't know that I've seen any men in, like, the mm-hmm. hair industry. And furthermore, I will have to say, though, and maybe this is me assuming, but I don't feel like there are really hardly any gay men in the barbering industry, like mm-hmm. in the men's hair industry. Yeah. I don't want, you're not a barber. Like obviously right, you're not right. a licensed barber, but like cutting hair in a like men's shop. Right. It's always like, at least seemingly on the outside, straight men for the most it's, part. It's interesting because I feel like, At least my personal experience, you know, and I've told you this before, I grew up most of my life because I was a gay male, you know, not really being open to those relationships with men. And, you know, it's interesting now that I'm older because my younger self is kind of looking at me with my clients and I finally have this friendship with men that I never had before. You know, growing up as a gay male, my relationship with men was either you know, very just mean or like guys were just assholes to me or I was like attracted to them. It was like one or the other. There was never this like friendship level of like, yeah, this guy's just your friend. It was never that. It was either I fucking hated him or I just wanted to fuck him. There was no in between. That's one thing I can say too. Like with that being said, it's like as a girl doing men's hair, Mm -hmm. I have never been that great with men. I grew up with, like, a single mom and, like, with an older sister. And, like, I do have an older brother, but, like, I don't know. He was gone and away from, like, out of the house by the time I was growing up as, like, a teenager. Right. So, like, for the most part, I've always been around men. And don't get me wrong. I had, like, guy friends or whatever. 
But like for the most part, like I didn't know how to handle men. I was nervous and skittish around men. Same, same. Really? Yeah. And also like speaking of that, um, I mean, we don't have to get super deep on like childhood and shit like that. But I will say that like growing up, just men raising their voice in general at me, like terrified me. So I just always have had this weird stance of like, power in conversation with men. I don't feel like I've ever had power in conversation with men until I started in the men's hair industry. Yeah, same. Yeah. I love being able to lead the conversation. Yes, That's yes. something that I really, really appreciate because I, I've never been so confident talking to men until now. That's something I'm so thankful for with my job. Same. Is that, like, I... I like I have these clients and like yes they're clients but like some of my clients that have been coming to see me for years at this point they're friends like I love hearing about their successes in life like they graduate college or got married or you know like different things yeah they're and having like, kids right and, yeah it's exciting it's it's fun to watch your clients grow and in a strange way it's almost it's like having, especially where we work in a more like college town. Right. It's almost like having these little kids that are just like growing up and going on. No, and actually, doing these bigger I and literally, things. I have this one client and like, he's such a sweetie, but I remember like he came like the first week of his freshman year and he asked me for a buzz cut, a three all over. And I was like, a buzz cut? Like, are you sure you don't want to fade it at all? And he got it faded. And when I tell you now, like, he's grown into a man. Like, every single summer he leaves and he comes back. He has a great haircut now. I love it. It's like, I'm, I guess that's not that important to this conversation. Well, honestly, no, it kind of is. And let me tell you why. Okay. Because <laughs> I was just thinking about um, how important it is. And we are kind of getting sidetracked. But I do want to mention this one thing really quick. Um, since we're on the topic of clients, it, it's really interesting to watch someone, you know, especially where we do live in a college town, they come in and they're like freshmen, your barber or your hairstylist in general, they play an important role in your life, whether you think about that or not. Like right. if you're, if you're at home listening, whether you're a hairstylist or you just, you're just listening to the podcast cause you know, people that are hairstylists, whatever it may be. Like, you don't really realize the connection that you have with the person that does your hair, but they are they are making sure that every interaction you have with anyone else, that you look like a decent human being with a nice haircut, so. That's true. Yeah, you make a good point. <laughs> yeah. That, and also, not to mention, like, on the little bit deeper level of what you just said, like, you're also seeing them during every big life event. Like, yeah. not just men clients. Like, Matt and I used to do women's hair, like, for several years in the beginning of our career, and, like... Any client comes to see you before any life event. They, like, I, my clients tell me, like, oh, my gosh, I'm about to graduate. Or when they have to tell me, like, I, I failed a class. I have to be here for a whole nother, like, semester next year. Or, you know, like, any life event. Like, whether they're about to graduate, whether they're getting married, whether I have a client right now. I just cut his hair. He's getting ready to propose to his girlfriend, like, stuff like that. Like, I love being able to be around people through, like, good and bad. Like, the highs and the lows. But yeah. also, you can't ignore the fact that whenever the lows happen, that doesn't take a toll on you. Yeah. No, I agree. And to kind of port back to um, what we were talking about, because we did get a little off track, guys, and that we was kind of do. my fault. <laughs> we, <laughs> we always do. When we have conversations like this, You're, it's not going to be... 
anything weird or strange that we get off track because it happens all the time. (laughs) Um, But one thing I did want to bring up was how how you kind of mentally shapeshift yourself depending on who's sitting in your chair and how that kind of affects you. Because I've, I mean, ever since you guys can all relate, like ever since starting to do hair, you have to, there's so many people out there that are going to sit down in your chair and not like who you are because of who you are, you know? Right. And so you have to kind of, I mean, you don't have to, but you end up because money, um, (laughs) you end up, shape-shifting yourself into somebody that you're not to appease to your client so that your client can have a conversation with you so that your client feels comfortable like it's just that is something and I forget I almost do that without even realizing it like at this point like whenever I know like I have like polar opposite clients coming in like one client I'm gonna sit there and I'm gonna have a great conversation with, and the other client, I have to pretend like I'm Miss like serious Susie over here, like yeah, I'm the same way. And especially, let's touch on that subject really quick. Um, being a gay male in this industry with men, I feel like I'm shape shifting myself every single time a man walks through that door because it's like, can I be comfortable enough to be this like more loud and flamboyant version of myself in front of this client, or is this a client that I have to like? deepen my voice and, do you, you deepen know. your voice for your client you've never realized that before no. i do that all the time okay all the time like of course i have my clients that i'm comfortable with but, but most then, of your clients do know you're gay right or is that i, I mean, mean i guess that's I not would really assume something that they know <laughs> that I'm gay. i guess it's not really something you're like hey nice yeah. to meet you i'm matt i'm gay yeah how it's, do you like your it's never like hey uh my name is matt it's really <laughs> nice to meet you i'm gay how would you like your haircut matt <laughs> No, it's never like that. Okay. But, you know, fucking, I'll have these guys walk through the door that just, like, just, honestly, I'm not here to, like, p- say that it's, like, a specific group of people. But usually it's older guys. Usually it's guys that are just more set in their ways, very Sometimes, close-minded. Yeah. yeah, most of the time it is older guys. Um, and I, I can, can say just the tell... same for myself, too. Not just you, though. Like, yeah. for me, like, I have to be, like way more serious, way more professional, less loose. And honestly, yeah. that's not really who I am. Like, yeah. I am somebody who likes to be free and open, like, who likes to, like, show everybody so much love. And mm-hmm. definitely, again, not trying to, like, group certain clients into one because that's not necessarily what it is. Right. But a lot of times, like, in the older generation – they do require you to be more serious, more yeah. straightforward, more not professional because I feel like I hold myself to a, like a level of professionalism with every person. Right. But to a level of like like reservation. You have to reserve yourself. Yeah, you have to kind of like enclose your personality a little bit. Right. And I just you know, as as much as I hate it, it makes me money at the end of the day. Realistically. I'm the same way and that's like, what I do. We go to work to make money Yeah. at the end of the day. Like, oh, yes, I am so thankful to have a job that I genuinely love doing. Yeah. But at the same time, like, I don't go to work for fun. I go to work because I want to make money. Yeah. And that's that's the whole reason why I'm in this industry still. Right. <laughs> Seven years later is because money. And, I mean, it is, it's a great industry to make money in. But a lot of times that money comes with sacrifices. And unfortunately, most of the time you're sacrificing your personality and who you are to appease other people. Because unfortunately, 
it's not always, you know, your haircut that speaks for itself. Guys can go to any person that cuts hair good and have a good haircut. But that doesn't mean they're going to come back to them regularly. That doesn't right. mean they're going to come see them. They come it's there the for experience. the experience. Yeah, yeah. 100%. So, like, I swear, some clients, like, I think that you, Matt, cut their hair better than I do. But maybe mine and their personalities click better. So they better, come to yeah. me, you yeah. know, and, like, vice versa. Like, there are some clients that, like, we, me and Matt, like, I feel like we share a lot of clients because we're, like, we bounce off of each other. We are, like, a duo, literally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, all of my clients who have been coming to me for years know who Matt is. Mm-hmm. And they know we're best friends. Yeah. All my clients know about you, too. Ever, I mean, and that's the thing, too, is what's interesting about it is um, clients do make us uncomfortable. There's certain clients that I personally just don't want to work with. And having Same. having someone in your shop, like, I can say that working with you all these years, like, having someone in your shop that you're comfortable with enough to be like, hey... This guy creeps me out. I really don't want to cut his hair. Like, is there any way that you can take him? Like, just having so thankful that, for oh you. my God. Same. Like, also, like, <laughs> vice versa. Like, I, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. And I feel like, I hope anybody listening to this also has somebody that they can lean on in their salon. Because when I tell you, it is, like, absolutely, not to be bold, but life-changing to have somebody in your workday that you can literally lean on no matter what. And you know that they've got your back. You know that, like, they know, like, when you're uncomfortable, when something is happening. Like, thank goodness for Matt. So many times throughout my career, like, you've saved me in, like, situations where I didn't know what to do. And I was, like, oh, like not just, like, technical skills. Because, honestly, that happens less yeah. as, a, like, a more seasoned stylist than it did whenever I just started doing hair. I don't really need much help technically, like... For the most part, with definitely not with regular clients, right. but like, just somebody to like lean on whenever I have a client who is making more like me more uncomfortable or who is making me like, str- like stressing me out. Like yeah. I'm like Matt. Like what do I do? Can you help me? Like can That's you take this client? Because and here's here's another thing that people do not talk about enough is that. Men, for whatever reason, or not even just men, honestly, men and women, just because we both we've worked in both industries, people are just so comfortable with their hairstylists. Like I, oh, I mean, I've yes. never had to face this, but I've I've only ever worked with women in the industry. Just to put that out there, guys, I've never worked with another male in the industry. So I just know hearing from women all the time that guys will sit in that chair and and quite literally like push your buttons ask you on a date like put you in the most uncomfortable scenario and you still have 15 to 20 minutes to give this man a good haircut and you're like fuck like right i wish i wasn't in this situation and you know what's so interesting about that too is like i i do have to say that doesn't happen to me that often because i am pretty closed off on that department with my clients like it's very rare Mm -hmm. that somebody like will be that bold with me but like when a client does it's usually like I've learned now just to say like oh like haha no thanks but also like it shouldn't be a haha like why do like why do clients feel like it's okay ask somebody providing a service for them who's stuck with them for the next half hour to an hour to, to go on a date. Like, literally, I was just working out of town not too long ago. And this guy, like, 
I'm giving him a bald fade. And I was literally sitting there talking to him, just being so nice. And he told me he had a date. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. Like, what are you guys going to do? And he was like, well, we're going to do this. But, like, by the way, did you want to be my date for tomorrow? And I was like. Oh, hell no. <laughs> And that's exactly what I'm talking about. And you also learn, too. This is the fun thing about working in the men's hair industry. For those of you who still work in the women's hair industry, more power to you. That shit is tough. (laughs) But... Here's Spending the, that long with one person yeah, is tough for me. Yeah, that's what's tough for me. Yeah, <laughs> I won't say that the whole the whole industry is tough, but there that's that's a topic for a different episode. Right. But um, basically, what I was trying to say was, men are just extremely confident with their barber or their hairdresser, and I don't yeah. understand why. Why do you? Okay, first of all, no. Like, this is not that environment. We are not at the bar. You're getting your hair cut. Right. Like, know your place, first of all. But I will have to say, yes, okay, you say confident, and I don't think confident is the right word. Okay. I think bold, because honestly, okay, yeah, for yeah. me, I want to make my clients feel confident, right. but not in that way. Right, <laughs> like, right. Okay, yeah, that's a, that's a better way to put it. They, they are extremely bold behind the chair. They can be sure. sometimes, but usually once you say no and like set that boundary, because don't get me wrong, like that's not how I make my money, but there are stylists who do flirt with their clients and yeah. I'm just like, not necessarily where I work, but I've definitely witnessed it. I've worked places where stylists did that and like at the end of the day, like make your money, <laughs> you do yeah. you girl, like if that's how you're making money, that's fine. I just like, men make me uncomfortable in that setting. I don't like to be like... Pray. I know that I'm a young girl. I know that I'm stereotypically, like, easy to, like, flirt with because I'm nice. I have, like, this bubbly personality. I'm young. Like, that's just how it is. But, like, at the same time, I – men make me uncomfortable. I don't – I don't like to be hit on. I hate that. That's, like, not something, like, some people it empowers them and makes them feel good about themselves. For me, that's, I just, that, it doesn't have the same effect on me. Right. And I feel like, you know, that's another thing that you actively think about when these men are hitting on you. It's like, or at least, I don't know, I, I'm assuming from outsider looking in here because I have, to my knowledge, never really had guys hit on me since I working in the men's feel like industry. you're being a little bold with that statement. I though. mean, except for men that I literally invited straight from Grinder to get a haircut. Sure. <laughs> <Fair enough. laughs> but just like a regular schmegular client that walks through the door. Like, I just don't. It's not something that I have to interact with. Right. So Also, not to interrupt you, definitely finish your thought, but we are totally getting off track here. Hello friends, thank you so much for joining us today for the first episode of That Cuts Deep. And if you want to hear more on the beauty industry in general, you can meet us back here next Thursday because bitch, we have an entire MacBook notes section to dive into. So get ready and stay beautiful. Oh, that's so amazing. Our first episode.